On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Ready? I'm ready. What's the question? It's a good question. What's your favorite, what's the greatest holiday song? (laughs) In every genre of music, there's a forward progression where artists build upon what came before them. Bob Dylan built upon Woody Guthrie. Springsteen built upon Dylan, and so on. Every genre, that is, except Christmas music. (laughs) Doesn't it feel like between Thanksgiving and Christmas every year, we enter into a social contract in which we're happy to spend a month listening to the same songs people have been listening to for more than half a century, (laughs) with only very few exceptions. We generally look forward, but this time each year, it's different. To borrow from the last lines of The Great Gatsby, So we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. This show is sort of like car talk meets behind the music. Ooh, Clint, I like that. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people... We're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, who does Christmas the best? That's the age-old question. Okay, we're back. We took a little old age question hiatus. Yes. Thanks to our listeners for sticking with us. Welcome back. After 30 episodes, we decided that we'd spend a few weeks on other projects. Yeah. Clint, you just finished producing the new Twiddle album. I did. Which sounds incredible. Thank you. When's it going to be released? August. You and I did a songwriting project for a major pet food brand. I think it was 18 songs in like 10 days. So many songs. Oh, it's just an incredible experience. More on that maybe on another episode. Sure. This episode is about getting into the holiday spirit. Clint, do you enjoy listening to holiday music? Yes, I do. When do you start listening? Not allowed to play it before Thanksgiving. Okay. There's got to be rules. <laughs> Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. What about you guys? I will find myself singing a Christmas song in July. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, there is no greater sing-along in a bar than Oh Holy Night. Oh. I have experienced this a few times in my life. We're in March, April, November, August. Doesn't matter. If you start singing Oh Holy Night, people are gonna people lose their minds. Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. All right, we're going to sprinkle in throughout the episode some voicemail messages that we receive from some of our regular guests, asking them what song makes them look forward to the holidays the most. Sure. Let's start with our friend Emily Voorhees. The one that really gets me in the mood is the Charlie Brown Christmas album. So good. Happy holidays!
Nice one. Nice one. Good one. That's a good one. So that's by Vince Guaraldi. Yep. Written for Peanuts in 1964. And while we're on this one, let's hear from my bandmate Brian Chartrand, who picks another song from the same record. Whoa. The record that gets me in the Christmas spirit is from 1965, A Charlie Brown Christmas. I talk about Vince Guaraldi trio. It is just the coolest, smoothest, jazziest record. And as soon as I hear it, it just puts me in the vibe. And the song specifically called Skating. what it is about it but it's just one of those tunes it puts me in the spirit and it gets me fired up to see santa you know what i mean nice (laughs) thanks brian that's awesome all right in a discussion about who does christmas the best how about we look at the most streamed christmas songs on spotify this year perfect good place to start number 10 feliz navidad so i know every word to this song and I've sung it hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. But until today, I couldn't tell you who sings that song, the version we all know. Yeah. Do you know? I have no idea. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. But you know it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, like, well, I mean, yeah. Right? yeah it's in course. every department. Yeah, of course. So it was written and performed by a guy named Jose Feliciano from his 1970 album. He's of Puerto Rican descent, and he was living in L.A., so he wrote the song Missing His Family Traditions in New York. The song didn't chart until the 1990s. What? More than two decades after it came out. That doesn't even make sense to me. I thought it just existed. Okay, you want to hear number nine? Number nine. Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. Santa tell me if you're really Okay, this was released in November 2014. I don't think I've ever heard this song. No, I have definitely never heard this song. That's the, all I have to say about the that. The most streamed song of this year. The ninth most streamed holiday song 2021. on Spotify this year. All right, number eight, Nat King Cole's version of the Christmas song. Okay, so this song is often subtitled Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Yep. This is the first song we'll discuss today that comes from the golden era of Christmas song making. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. This one was written in 1945 by Robert Wells and Mel Torme. Mm-hmm. Nat King Cole first recorded the song that year. It's usually his 1961 version that gets played on the radio. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Love that one. Okay, number seven, Last Christmas by Wham. Written by George Michael, released by his group Wham in 1984. It's charted in the top 40 on 15 separate occasions. Unbelievable. Andrew originally didn't even have anything to do with his writing. George Michael wrote Number six. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. 
the Michael Buble version. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten Okay, so Michael Buble's whole career is built on a certain nostalgia for the era of crooners, yes. right? That's what Christmas music is, yeah. right? Still. Like Bing yeah. Crosby. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. The song was written in 1951 by a guy named Meredith Wilson, and it was recorded that year by Perry Cuomo and the Fontaine Sisters. Wilson wrote the song in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, nice. staying at the Grand Hotel, hence the line... There's a tree in the Grand Hotel. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. Number five, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, this song was written in 1963 released that year on the Andy Williams Christmas album. In the song, there's a lyric about telling scary ghost stories. Yeah. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories. It's always sounded strange to me. Like, who tells scary stories at Christmas, right? But it was a Christmas tradition in Victorian England. When you think about it, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is an example of that tradition. Ghost story, yeah. It's a ghost story. Yeah. All right, number four, White Christmas, Bing Crosby. All right, this was written by Irving Berlin in 1940, apparently at the Biltmore Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. One morning, he called his secretary in and said, I want you to take down a song I wrote. Not only is the best song I've ever written, it's the best song anyone has ever written. <laughs> Very proud of him. I'm of a Christmas. Let's talk about Irving Berlin for a second. Okay. He wrote God Bless America. First of all, he's the king of the American songbook. I mean, he's one of the kings of the American songbook. But you know the most interesting fact of Irving Berlin is that he didn't know how to play the piano very well. He only played in the key of F sharp. F sharp? And he had pianos that he could manually transpose. He couldn't read music, and he couldn't play in any other key. So this guy wrote all these masterful songs that are still played today without really a, a, a knowledge of music necessarily. It's incredible. It's incredible. So another thing about Bing for this song, his nephew once asked him what's the most difficult thing he ever had to do in his entertainment career. And he said, singing White Christmas in 1944 in December with 100,000 GIs you know, of course, a lot of those boys were killed in the Battle of the Bulge a few days later. Mm. But this guy just stands up there. And may all your Christmas be Part of what drove the early success of the song is that the GIs overseas kept requesting the song. And it talks about um, just like the ones I used to know. Heartstrings. Heartstrings. Well, this song ranks number two on the list of songs of the 20th century as voted on by the Recording Industries Association of America, just behind Judy Garland's Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So that's pretty significant. That is. Wow. 
All right, what's number number three? three. Oh my god, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. All right, this song was released in 1957. A bunch of people have recorded the song, but it's Helms' version that gets played on the radio. Totally. And it's all about the guitar, right? Like, guitar is sick. I wonder who played the guitar. Gets no credit whatsoever. I think it's Bobby Helms. Did he? Is he the guitar player? I think so. Then he is got good on you, Bobby. That thing is awesome. All right. Number two, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. All right, so released the year after the Bobby Helms song. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree was written by a guy named Johnny Marks. And we'll come back to Johnny yes, Marks in a I little bit. Yes, I recognize the name. Okay, number one. Number one. Obviously, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Huge hit, Clint. Huge. Apparently took her and her co-writer 15 minutes to write the song, and it generates more than $600,000 a year in royalties for her. (laughs) It's made more than $60 million to date. The other story that I love about this song is that when you're recording Christmas music, you're not recording it in the snow in December with a Christmas tree and you're in, right? Like, right. You, you gotta in order for it, you got to do it in yeah, like June. So they did it in August at the time when she wrote it, was married to um, the head of Sony Records, Tommy, Tommy Matola. Matola. He like persisted and was like, you got to make this record, got to make this record. So in order to get in the mood, they decorated their house full Christmas in August and they wrote. A bunch of the songs there. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it worked. For my family, is the first played every year. Hmm. Yeah. Let's take a minute to check in with another of our previous guests. Great. The songwriter, author, TED Talks presenter, general renaissance man, Stephen Kellogg. Love. Hey there, friends. It's your friend, Stephen Kellogg, telling you my favorite holiday song. I think I'm going to go with Silent Night. You know, it just settles in and makes you feel uh, hopeful. I agree, Clint. I love this song. I followed up with him to ask which version we should talk about. And he says he's never met a version he didn't like. (laughs) So let's listen to Emmylou Harris's 1979 version. Right. Holy night, all is calm, all is well. 
Silent Night was first performed, check this out, Christmas Eve 1818 at St. Nicholas Parish Church in Salzburg, Austria. Hmm. Right? So here's the story behind it. A young Catholic priest, Father Joseph Moore, had come to the town the year before, and it was the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars. He had written the poem in 1816, and... The melody was composed by Franz Xavier Gruber, who was a schoolmaster in the nearby village. Apparently, the story goes, the organ didn't work, but they had to have mass. Moore, the priest, gives Gruber the lyric. It says, why don't you get your guitar, see if you can come up with something. Does it that night at morning mass. Crushes, obviously. I mean, you're, you're, the first time you hear Silent Night, you know, it's amazing. Um, but then as it, you know, gained traction, I think a singing group came through town, learned it, and then spread it all through Europe. It went viral. It totally went viral. As the song gained traction through Europe, Franz Gruber, the guy who composed all the music, he donated all the profits to local charities for children and the elderly and eventually died penniless. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And isn't the bad guy in Die Hard named Franz Gruber? Wait, that is a deep reference. <laughs> Hans Gruber. That's amazing. <laughs> Silent Night. Silent Night. That's so cool. And it's a Christmas and movie. And it's a Christmas movie. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, but that must have been intentional. Of course. Yeah, that's really well done on their part. Clint, you and I both celebrate Christmas, but we realize that we have listeners that don't. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that some of the classic Christmas songs were written by Jewish songwriters who don't celebrate Christmas. Hmm. I mentioned Johnny Marks. Johnny Marks is the guy that wrote the Brenda Lee hit, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. He's a legend of writing Christmas songs. In 1949, he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's how I know him. (laughs) Which was a hit for Gene Autry. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny nose Marks also wrote a Holly Jolly Christmas. Oh my God, what a legend. Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Most famously performed by Burl Ives in 1964. Another Christmas classic by Johnny Marks, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're old familiar carols. Based on the 1863 poem Christmas Bells by American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Marx took the lyrical inspiration and wrote the song, and the song was made famous by Bing Crosby in 1956. Johnny Marx isn't the only Jewish writer to help define our collective experience of Christmas. A few years ago, Newsweek ran a piece entitled The Best Christmas Songs Were Actually Written by Jews. So I mentioned Mel Torme and Robert Wells, who wrote Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Merry Christmas to Both Jewish. We talked about Irving Berlin, who wrote White Christmas. As Adam Sandler would say, he lit the menorah. <laughs> By the way, we should talk about the Hanukkah song we, later. Yes. Some other Christmas gifts by Jewish writers. Let It Snow, written by Sammy Kahn and Jewel Stein. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire, it's so delightful. 
Sammy Kahn was born Samuel Cohen on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Stein was born Julius Stein in England to Jewish immigrants from the Ukraine. Written in 1945, recorded by a whole bunch of people, but most commonly played version is Dean Martin's from 1959. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We talked about Andy Williams' hit from 1963, written by Edward Pola, a Hungarian Jew, and George Weil, who was born Bernard Weissman. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Silver Bells was written by Jay Livingston and Ray Evans in 1950, both Jewish. Silver Bells, Silver Bells, it's Christmas time in the city. Originally entitled Tinkle Bells, until Jay Livingston's wife pointed out that tinkle was another word for urination. <laughs> Good call. That's another song made famous by Bing Crosby. So I'm, how about that? I'm pretty sure you just named all the good ones. It's fascinating. These songs shape our collective experience of Christmas, written by people who didn't celebrate Christmas. Why were Christmas songs so big then? Like, it seems like the 40s is when they, everybody wrote these songs. 40s, 50s maybe. 16 of the 25 most played Christmas songs last year were first published in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's put another way, 64% of the Christmas songs that we listen to on the radio are between 70 and 90 years old. And no other genre, no other anything can even relate to that. That doesn't even make sense. Totally. songs we haven't mentioned that came from that era frosty the snowman 1950 frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal here comes santa claus 1947 here comes santa claus here comes santa claus right down santa claus lane Sleigh Ride, 1948. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Blue Christmas, 1949. Ha, 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 blue Christmas without you. I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, 1952. I Santa Claus is Coming to Town, that version by Springsteen yeah. gets played all the time. Yeah. That live version comes from 1975. Yeah, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not bow, I'm telling you why. But the song was written in 1934. Wow. So what happened? Why back then did somebody just have a massive hit and then all the record companies were like, we got to put out a Christmas record. We got to, like, how is... That era so prolific for this. Movies? Hmm. Like yeah, the, a lot of the Christmas movies are also... Come from that era. Yeah. And so Christmas became sort of like commercialized in a way. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about why new Christmas songs don't. Why are there only a handful of songs... That make it through. That make it through. 
probably a good time to say that the Sweet Remains, my band, has a Christmas song called Merry Christmas. Mm. Let's listen. Evans uh, sings on it. Yeah. And we, well, we should also say that we both have Christmas. We both make Christmas songs. You do year. your Christmas rap and I do a, a video as well. I love the theme of your, of your Christmas song this year. Tell us what it is. It's about how I don't do Christmas very well personally, <laughs> but my wife crushes Christmas. So I, I, I'm not good at all of the things about Christmas. Like I don't de- decorate the tree. I don't do all the things you're, that you're terrible at wrapping. I'm a present. terrible at wrapping presents. I don't know the words to Christmas carols. That's basically the gist of the yeah. song. So, so Christmas is a burp. That's my whole thing yeah. for this year. Yeah. You tell me when to hang the lights outside. You tell me to take them down. You said we're up to me. They just stay all year round. You don't Cause you know I'm just the worst And when we're singing Christmas carols I always forget the words God bless her God bless her Because I love Christmas It is the most wonderful time of the year It is And it's even more when you have kids Just the magic of Santa and buying gifts for them Right And seeing their joy Let's check in with our old buddy Jeff Simons Oh yeah Let's see what he has to say (laughs) Hey, friends. Thanks for including me. My all-time favorite holiday song is Father Christmas by the Kinks from 1979, where uh, a store Santa Claus gets roughed up by some local toughs. It cracks me up every time. A joyous holiday season to you both, and uh, I'll talk to you in the new year. Bye. But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over Let's hear from another friend of the show, the amazing Tony winner, Kelly O'Hara. Nice. Let's see what she has to say. Hey, Rich and Clint. It's Kelly O'Hara. Happy holidays. Um, Not a lot of people know this song, but on Nat King Cole's Christmas album, there's a song called Cradle in Bethlehem. And it's been my dad's favorite holiday song my whole life. And every time I hear it, it makes me think of him. And it's really about the mother and child. And it's just... uh, the most beautiful melody. So if you haven't heard it, I recommend checking it out. Thanks. Sing sweet and low a lullaby Till angels say Amen A mother to 
tonight is rocking a cradle in Bethlehem. We talk a lot about the Beatles on the show, Clint. Yeah. John and Paul both have enormously popular and frequently played Christmas songs. John Lennon's 1971 Happy Christmas, War is Over by John and Yoko. Mm -hmm. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And Paul's 1979 Wonderful Christmas Time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It's estimated that this song alone earns McCartney more than $400,000 a year. Man. One song in addition to every other song. Oh my lord. And isn't that incredible? Oh. That like a wonderful Christmas time is like literally the three hundredth song that you would think of. Yeah. It's I didn't even I didn't put it in any of my notes, never even looked it up. And yet it makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. Well that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> so Clint What's your favorite? My favorite is Oh Holy Night. Oh. And it's interesting to mention that what's a carol versus what's a Christmas song. Right. And so a Christmas carol has a religious basis. Yeah. So it came out of the church. It's a good distinction because most of the songs we've talked about are talking about Santa. Yep. Or talking about like gathering around the Christmas tree. Right. Like or frosty the, or the, reindeer. Or, the sort yeah. of the commercialized. commercialized experience of Christmas. But you're right, a carol is about like baby Jesus, baby Jesus and the original meaning of Christmas. And O Holy Night is sung in Christmas Mass. I haven't been to a Christmas Mass in 30 years, but when it drops into the that big chorus at the oh man, I get chills just thinking about it right now. What I'd, version should we play? I mean, Mariah Carey, that's a good one. Okay. The Queen of Christmas. The Queen. The If she's the queen, who's the king? It's got to be Bing Crosby. got to be Bing Crosby. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. All right, what's your favorite? All right, well, I do love This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Oh, yeah, I love it. That's got an odd time signature, too. It's, it is odd. It's odd, which is interesting for something that's so big. Right. Hang all the mistletoe, I'm gone. 
is Frank Sinatra's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight I have a very distinct memory of listening to this version as a child and the aura of the song takes me back. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. This whole notion of these, this time of yore, this like age, the 30s, the 40s, 50s, where it's like it's this reminiscing time of year. And that sort of is the feeling of Christmas, right? Like, you, it's a time to reflect. It's a time to get your family together. But it has this nostalgia built into it. And I think a lot of that is from these old Christmas songs. You're right. And it feels like a simpler time. Yeah. Just like the ones I used to know. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we should talk more about Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. This song really, like was massive yes because it was so original and so funny and this idea that here's this jewish kid who grew up being like you know what i don't get anything (laughs) at this time of year yeah you know and hanukkah is not as significant a holiday in the jewish faith as christmas is for for christians well it's actually a religious holiday not a commercialized right present grab right so that's part of it. This is uh, a song that uh, there's a lot of Christmas songs out there, and uh, not too many Hanukkah songs. So uh, wrote, a, wrote a song for all those nice little Jewish kids who don't get to hear any Hanukkah songs. Here we go. Put on your yarmulke. Here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. And the version we all know is live. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight, eight crazy nights. nights. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... And the whole song is just people naming people who are Jewish. That's yeah. so good. That's God. So good. All oh, right, so man, so is who did who else? does Christmas the best? Who does Christmas the best? Well, let's talk for a second about Michael Bublé because yeah, he is the most current that has gone massive with a Christmas album. I believe Bieber had a big one, but Bublé gets played an awful lot around Christmas time now. Bublé's the modern version of that era, like yes. you said earlier, yeah. and that. Is, is why the era of Christmas. Right, so that's why it's probably that successful. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Who does Christmas best? King Crosby and Queen, Queen Carey. Carey. Mariah Carey. Yep. 
Bing Crosby. Defining a genre. Yeah. Did we do it? I think we did it, man. <laughs> I think we actually did it this time. Well, we hope you had a good time. However you celebrate the holidays, we hope you have a great holiday season. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.